At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Big thanks to Will Hill. Does a great job with the New York City cast, which here we'll get wherever you find your podcast. He joined me in the last segment, and we're going to be talking a little bit more baseball in the next segment with Andrew Cayley. He does a great job over there at Covers. For those of you guys that listen to my baseball podcast called The Baseball Betting Show, you're able to find that in the VEASAN Best Bets feed, wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, list goes on and on. Andrew has joined me quite a bit on that show, and we're going to talk with him a little bit about the Toronto Blue Jays. He is a man that is a little bit north of the border, so we are going to be talking with him about that. Take a look forward at Monday's games, but here in the meantime, we got to take a look at a game that prior to myself getting into the building tonight, we weren't really finding a line on this one. Now lines are starting to come out for it, so maybe we'll give you a little bit more on it. It is 919-920 on the board. Our lone intra-league game, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they are on the road facing off against the Cleveland Guardians with Cal Quantrill going for the Guardians and Zach Davies is going to be going for the Arizona Diamondbacks. With the Diamondbacks, you're going to be finding them right around a plus 120 to a plus 134 underdog in between minus 140 and one, minus 147. Your price on Cleveland, ANF is the total. And got two guys that are not going to be getting a lot of strikeouts in this one. Both of these guys and Davies and Quantrill are getting fewer than seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But what I find to be a little bit of an advantage here for the Cleveland Guardians, which is why I do look to them in this spot, whether it be money line or run line. It is a fact that I love fading guys coming off the injury list. And for Zach Davies, this is going to be his first start in a little bit more than a month. His last start wanted coming in mid to late June, and he really didn't wind up having any rehab appearances at the minor league level. You wound up having some things like simulated games and things of that nature, but he really didn't have a minor league appearance to be able to help him prepare for the spot. And I think that is going to be a little bit of a rude awakening for a guy in Zach Davies that over the last few seasons, he's had a little bit of a tough time with command. Now he's been able to shape it up this season. He wound up having four and a half walks per nine innings while he was with the Cubs last season. That sounded more like 2.9 walks per nine innings this season. But I do take a look at Davies fielding independent a little bit higher than his ERA. So that is a tad bit troubling with opponents only about a 230 off of him thus far this season for a pitcher contact guy. That is very solid. And it's been a little bit fortunate on the balls in play this season. Meanwhile, you take a look at Cal Quantrill and that's been a case in which he's been a little bit up and down himself 
this season, but has always been a relatively rock solid guy that's going to be able to fill some innings, only giving up right around 2.7 walks per nine innings himself. And after he wound up having some command issues at the beginning of the season, he's been able to shape up himself a fielding independent that's a little bit higher than his ERA. You're just typically going to find that with a lot of guys that are pitch contact. But what I think is going to be a big difference maker here for the Cleveland Guardians is that they've got a bullpen that is very solid. Emmanuel Classe, just a lights-out closer for this team. A sub-150 ERA. Some of the nastiest stuff that you're going to find out there. And then on top of that, you've got Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steven. Both of these guys have been good for this team. James Karinczak, he wanted missing much of the season. He's now come off the injured list. It's a guardian team that comes into this game with some positive momentum as well as they were able to get the job done on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Rays. Got a question because we were talking about it with our good friend Will Hill in the last segment if perhaps a win or two might wind up pushing the Cleveland Guardians into being a little bit more buyers. We're going to call it what it is. The Cleveland Guardians, just in general, the organization has not been much of one to do a whole lot of buying, but they did wind up showing a little bit of sign of promise as they did wind up re-signing Jose Ramirez in the offseason. So perhaps they wind up getting a couple small pieces to try to put together a run because right now they're still out of the Chicago White Sox. I have just no idea what they're doing as an organization. We'll hit their game in a few minutes in general. But with the Cleveland Guardians, certainly in case of which they did wind up using up quite a few bullpen pieces in their win against the Tampa Bay Rays on Sunday. But they still have a relatively solid bullpen. And then on the flip side, you got to have your question marks with the Arizona Diamondbacks in. They are probably going to be sellers at the deadline. Someone like Joe Mantiply might be on the move. He and Kyle Nelson have been able to provide sub-250 ERAs. When you wind up getting into guys like Noe Ramirez, Mark Melanson, and company, it's been a little bit of a tougher go of it. And with the years under Diamondbacks, what I find to be interesting about this bunch is that they've been generating a whole heck of a lot more offense when they have been on the road rather than at home. If you take a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks at home, they've really been your best home under team in all of baseball this season because they're averaging right around 0.9 home runs per game. And as a matter of fact, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they are your number one home under team out there in baseball with 59% of their home games winding up going under the total. Meanwhile, on the road, this has been a little bit of a different team as on the road, they've been more of a 50-50 home or 50-50 over slash under team and a big reason why the Diamondbacks have been able to get the deep ball going. They're averaging right around 1.4 home runs per game when they are on the road, but the Diamondbacks, they've already sold off a piece. David Peralta had been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers in right around a 245 to a 250. He wanted getting moves up. That winds up hurting this team just a little bit. You still have out there Christian Walker. He's been able to give the team 13 home runs, but he, Geraldo Perdomo, Sergio Alcantara, we're going to call it what it is, the entire catcher spot for this team. These guys are all hitting a 215 or lower for them and the years of the Diamondbacks in general. They're a bottom five team in terms of batting average. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Guardians, number one in the big leagues with regards to fewest strikeouts per game. And on top of that, they are facing off against a pitcher a pitcher in Zach Davies who just has not been able to get a lot of swings and misses this season. So that should be able to continue. But you take a look at the Guardians. The one thing that is a little bit troubling with them is that so many of their home runs have just wanted coming on the road this season. As a matter of fact, all but 26 out of their 80 home runs have wanted coming on the road, but they still do a good job of being a reach base. Framil Reyes, who has been hitting for the season right around 222, his batting average at home actually goes up to a 300. He's had almighty struggles on the road, but at home, he's been able to do a relatively solid job. And then you've got just a wide caveat of guys that have been able to at least a 250 for this team. The guy I was talking about a little bit earlier in Jose Ramirez, 
throwing there Stephen Kwan, who if you haven't been paying attention to Stephen Kwan over the last 30 days, this guy is white hot. Andres Jimenez, they're on there. Nolan Jones, whatever he's been out there. Oscar Gonzalez, Josh Naylor, all these guys. Not only are they hitting at least a 275, they're all hitting at least a 282. And I mentioned Stephen Kwan a little bit earlier. Not a guy that's going to give you a lot of power, just two home runs a season, really, other than Jose Ramirez. You don't have a lot of power on the team. You do have Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez giving you a double-digit amount of formers, but not necessarily home run guys. But you do take a look at what you've been able to get out of Stephen Kwan. Hitting at 320 over the last 30 days, over the last 15 days, he's been able to hit north of a 380. So he has been able to refine that rookie form that he was able to find a little bit early on this season. And I do think that the Guardians are going to be able to do a good job of being able to carve up this Diamondbacks team. Diamondbacks not necessarily a team that they wind up creating a lot of contact. I did wind up saying my total to where it ain't half or less. I will be looking at it over. Once we wind up hitting a nine, that's really going to be my point of no return in terms of this over. But being able to get the eight and a half like we are right now, I'm looking at it over. And with the Guardians, finding their run line anywhere between about a plus 130 to a plus 135. I needed at least a plus 125 to be able to take a shot. I'm going to look to reduce the juice. I'm going to be taking a look at the run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. How about if we wind up taking a look at another game involving American League Central teams? This is 917-918 on the board. The Royals, they're on the road facing off against the Chicago White Sox as Michael Kopech is going to be going for the White Sox, and you've got yourself Brad Keller on the mound for the Royals, and with the Royals, you're going to be finding them as pretty sizable underdogs. We talked about this game a little bit earlier with Dave Tooley in terms of a first five perspective as Royals are between plus 143 and plus 150 dogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the White Sox, numbers come down quite a bit. It's opened up at a minus 185. Now you're finding it anywhere between a minus 153 as high as minus 170 with A&F being your total. And with the White Sox, was willing to lay up to about a minus 175 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, and we're between plus 120 and plus 125. Honestly, I'd probably rather lay like a minus 150 rather than take like a plus 120 to a plus 125-ish run line. We shall see if this winds up continuing to come down because money's really been pouring in on the Royals after they were able to take down the New York Yankees on Sunday. But with Brad Keller, I can't trust in him necessarily going deep into this game. And with the Kansas City Royals, they used up quite a bit of their bullpen in that series against the New York Yankees. And on top of that with the Kansas City Royals, dead last in terms of bullpen ERA. Amir Garrett has been terrible all season long, posting up north of a 5-5 ERA. Ever since he wound up getting injured, Josh Shamout, since coming off the injured list, he has not been able to do necessarily too terrific of a job for this team. Jackson Cower was the guy that they were using in the long relief. He was so bad that they wound up having to send him down to the minor leagues. And Brad Keller right now leading the American League in terms of losses with 11. Not necessarily all of them have been his fault, but 3.3 walks per nine innings and that's supposed to be considered, and I air quotes here, improvement for him. And when it comes to Brad Keller, has actually done a good job throughout his career of not allowing the deep ball, but you did take a look at it, and he does have his struggles whenever he does wind up hitting the road as well, which is a little bit befuddling. He's very much a pitcher contact guy, someone who's been giving you only about five and a half punch outs per nine innings thus far this season. But you take a look at him for his career, right around a 370 home ERA compared to a 434 ERA on the road with his home runs per nine rate going up by about 30% when he winds going on the road. And Michael Kopech not been able to get as many swings and misses this year as in the past, but still only giving up right around one home run per nine innings as they will post up a sub-3-3 ERA both at home and on the road. And he's backed up by a bullpen that includes Liam Hendricks along with Kendall Graveman. Now, they've been dealing with an injury to Ronaldo Lopez, but they have found something in failed starter Jimmy Lambert, who's been coming out of the bullpen. He's been solid, and 
I mean, I hate to say that this is a positive, but Joe Kelly's been dealing with an injury, and if you don't have Joe Kelly coming out of the bullpen, that's actually good for the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox seem that they rank in the bottom six in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game, but got a lot of guys that are able to move the line, as you currently have Luis Robert, who's been dealing with lightheadedness. It's been a very strange situation over there, but you've got Tim Anderson along with Jose Abreu throwing their Andrew Vaughn, all hitting at least a 285. With Anderson, he's going to be facing a suspension soon, but he's appealing that, so he should be good to go in this game. For the Royals, you've got Bobby Wood Jr. He, along with Salvador Perez, have been able to give you a double-digit amount of formers. Both of these guys are back in the fold, but you still have guys that have just not been able to perform very well, like a Nicky Lopez, who has been a little bit up and down. MJ Melendez has been hitting a sub-230, so I do think that the White Sox are going to be able to come out do a solid job in this spot. I'm going to be taking a look at an under with the way that Kopech as they will pitch at home, and I'm going to be taking a look at the White Sox. Whether that be money line or run line, that depends on a little bit of movement, and we're going to continue the baseball chatter up next with our good friend Andrew Cavey of Covers right here on Beeson. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parlay Calculator. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vcin.com today. This is The Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. And we're back here on The Look Ahead. Myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight and glad to be holding it down with this tremendous guest as Andrew Cayley, someone that joins me quite often on my baseball betting podcast as well and a man that is out there north of the border doing absolutely excellent work. And for those of you guys that like college football, he does a great job on that front as well. He joins me and Andrew, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. I'm always willing to stay up late to talk some seams with you, Greg. And I am always excited to be able to chat with you and Andrew. First things first, it's like a tradition unlike any other because you've got your bat flipping pick of the day whenever the Blue Jays are in action. Fortunately, no bat flipping pick of the day for Monday, so it's a little bit unfortunate. But with that said, what in your opinion is the state of affairs with the Blue Jays? And do you expect them to pick up any guys prior to the trade deadline? Because with the Blue Jays, certainly has been a case in which I feel like the offense is good enough to compete for a title right now. They need a way to be able to get Yusei Kikuchi out of that that rotation, though. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the rotation is a need, but I honestly think that this Blue Jays front office really believes they have a solid trio at the top end of that rotation in Alec Manoa, as long as he's healthy, Kevin Gossman and Jose Brios. I know Brios has been inconsistent this season, but he's been much more consistent since about the start of June. And this is a guy they've invested heavily in this offseason. So they believe in this guy. I don't know if there are arms, starting pitching arms, except for maybe Frankie Montes from the A's right now, that they're really going to be willing to deal um, some of their higher-end prospects for. They really need to go out and address the bullpen. They really need some guys with more swing and miss stuff. They have a lot of pitching to contact guys out of that bullpen, like an Adam Simber out there. But they uh, it feels like every team in Major League Baseball right now has at least two or three guys that can really throw that gas and hit 100 miles per hour. Um, but the Jays don't really have that guy. They really need to address that. I don't see a huge move uh, coming from them in uh, at, by Tuesday. Uh, maybe a few tweaks. But they really like the way that offense is, is hitting right now. Since the start of June, they lead in batting average, OPS, weighted runs created plus, And people will say they need a left-handed bat. But they do fairly well against right-handers, as is right now. And there's a really big team chemistry thing in that Jays locker room right now. I don't know if they'd really want to mess that up to get uh, one of those left-handed bats that are out there. I just, like I said, I don't see a huge move from the Jays, but a few uh, fine tweaks. So I'm not sure if we'll see a huge adjustment in their in their odds at the moment. They're about plus 1,500, plus 1,400 to win the World Series, plus 750 to win the AL, and it's still quite a long shot to catch the Yankees at about plus 3,500, plus 4,000 to win the American League East. Yep, I do think that it certainly is a case in which if you're looking at the division, that one's as good as on even with the Yankees showing some struggles right now to blow a north of 11 game lead for anyone that would be pretty deplorable and I certainly don't see that from the Yankees and you were talking about just making a few tweaks nothing major well this man could use a wholesale change Patrick Corbett has not been good this year that's putting it about as politely as humanly possible as in his last start, he got two outs and he gave up six runs. That's not a good ratio right there. He's going to be going up against the New York Mets and not a shock here, in my opinion. We've seen this total come up. A lot of books, it was at a seven and a half. If you're still fighting a seven and a half, it's got a lot of juicy over on it. We're seeing quite a few eights. Honestly, I still don't think that this total is high enough. We did wind up seeing the Nationals the last time they face off against Scherzer, get three runs off of them. Scherzer, he's been dominant this year, but I could see Corbin giving up eight runs all by himself. This is certainly also a spot in which I'm not willing to invest in the Nationals. If you are, talk me into it, but this is not a spot in which I'm going to be looking at the underdog. I have been part of the fade Patrick Corbin bandwagon fan it's club a good one. committee, whatever, whatever you want to say. It's been pretty profitable. You just fade him any way you can, and I'm not going to stop today. I'll probably wait for his hits allowed prop to hit the board. I expect it to hit the board at about six and a half. It'll get juiced really quickly, so I would keep your your eyes open for that bet. He's allowed seven or more hits in his last five starts and 12 of his last 13. That includes a May 31st date against this same Mets team where he allowed 12 hits. So yeah, the Mets uh, have, have some experience hitting off them. Um, I also probably lean towards the Mets run line here as well as their team total. Just a, a fade Patrick Corbin all day kind of event. 
All right, so we are on the same page there. That makes me feel very good. I was willing to lay up a minus 155 on the run line myself. We're seeing it below there. And I mean, if Patrick Orban winds up going on and gives a nice start, kudos to him. I'll see it when I believe it. I'll tip my hat to him, exactly. If he doesn't, that's great. Otherwise, we'll just try to <laughs> we'll go to the bank again. This one's a little bit of a tighter line right here. The team that wound up putting up those six runs against Patrick Corbin, that would be the Dodgers. They're going to be on the road going up against the San Francisco Giants. And typically, I find myself in the bandwagon of fading these teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball. But it's going to be Logan Webb who's going to be going on the mound for the Giants against Andrew Heaney of the Dodgers. Heaney has an ERA that is sub-060. He's actually been very good. Problem is, he's only made four starts. Meanwhile, with Logan Webb, the Giants have lost just twice in his regular season starts over the last two seasons. You're getting the Giants at plus money. I'm talking myself into the Giants getting this plus price right now. I'm not sure where you stand, but a little bit of a tricky spot, especially with the Dodgers coming down from elevation. And I've noticed as well, teams that wind up coming from Coors Field, typically they struggle that first game out the gates. Yeah, they get home and it's kind of like you're home and you kind of relax a little little too much in that first game back. You get that that regular air back into you sort of thing and maybe it takes you a game or two to adjust to being at a normal elevation. But I, I'm with you on this one, Greg. Really like the Giants at the plus money here. I really think they're worth a look at ho- as home dogs. Webb has good numbers against the Dodgers in his career. I think he's made seven or eight starts against them in just his short career. It's a 3-2-8 ERA against them. And that includes giving up just one earned run and five hits over six innings just back on July 22nd there. So really like them. And obviously, we're not really sure what we're going to get with Andrew Heaney. He's been he's been good in limited action, but it, this is still the Andrew Heaney that I remember struggling with the Los Angeles Angels. So uh, I'll I'll think the Giants. I think the Giants have one more push in them here. We'll see what happens in the next day or so if they become sellers or not. But I think. They're still close enough to that wild card. This is a veteran team that's going to want to make one more push towards that postseason and a matchup against the Dodgers. You know they're going to bounce back after getting swept by them just a few not so long ago. So I really like the, the Giants here at home at the plus money. And to your point about Andrew Heaney, I remember him best from the Field of Dreams game. A lot of dreams wound up coming true because there wound up being a lot of balls out there in the cornfield for the patrons be able to take from Andrew Heaney after he allowed him to wind up going yards. So that was very fascinating to say the least. And then we were talking about the Colorado Rockies a little bit earlier. Now they have to go on the road as well. They're playing against the San Diego Padres. And we've seen a rather sizable line move on this one. The Padres opened up at a minus 235. Now you're finding them right around minus 205, minus 195. They were able to find a little bit of offense in their series against the Minnesota Twins. Meanwhile, the Rockies, they trot out there Antonio Sensatello. Every single time I take a look at Antonio Sensatello, I think that he should have an ERA of like 10 because opponents are north of a 350 off of him. I'm not sure what your take is here, but at a 7.5 with Antonio Sensatello on the mound, I think that this is just a little bit too low because the ball is going to be in play. It is going to be in play. You made a good point there. He's. I think we've seen that line moving because if you look just basically at his regular numbers against the Padres, they're pretty good recently, but he's still getting hit with regularity right now. He's um, he's given up six or more hits in seven of his last eight games. I know the Padres have not been a great hitting team this year, but we got to get Fernando Tatis healthy, and I expect this is the team I expect to make a big move right now. If you want to go out and make a futures bet on the Padres, that's maybe one of my favorite plays right now because I expect them to make the the more fireworky move here before Tuesday's tread, 
trade deadline. But I also like in this game, I like the way Clevenger has pitched his last two starts. Um, he's he's been much better, and if he can be that guy who is in Cleveland, I really think that they have uh, a, one of the stronger rotations in the National League. I like him to record a win at this one. That's I think that's the better bet as opposed to uh, laying all that money with the Padres on the money line. If you get the Clevenger to record a win at about even money, I think that's a pretty good bet because once again, this is another year of those crazy Rockies home road splits. They rank 28th in OPS on the road this season, which is. Um, Pretty bad, and like when their overall numbers are pretty good. So if they're twenty eighth in that, it, it's it's pretty jarring. Yep, and to your point, the Rockies double the amount of home runs at home rather than on the road as well. And we've got about a minute left on this one: Yankees versus Mariners. Marco Gonzalez is going to be going for the M's, and then you've got Domingo Herman on the bump for the Yankees. Yankees right around about a minus one ninety ish favorite with a total of nine. Where are you looking in this one? I think I like the over first five here. Uh, Herman's still knocking off that rust. Seven earned runs, 11 hits and over his first two starts. Just over seven innings of work. And Gonzalez has been about as mediocre as they come. A 4.82 expected ERA, a 2.70 opponent expected batting average. Doesn't K a lot of guys. That doesn't play well against this uh, Yankees lineup. They crush lefties. They lead the MLB in OPS against left-handed hitting. Um, so I, I really like the over first five in this one. We're going to be taking a look at that one. And to your point, Gonzalez certainly does give up the deep ball. And Andrew, you always do a great job of pitching a gem whenever you join this show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Greg. Good luck with all your bets. Andrew, one of the best in the business when it comes to taking a look at baseball. Also, if you like college football, Andrew Cayley at covers underscore Cayley. Good follow there. And we're going to continue the discussion on Yankees versus Mariners. Vison coffee mugs, all in our online store. Just go to vison.com slash store and order now. That's vison.com slash. This is the look ahead on vison, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born and a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free. For cash all season long, enter into weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prices. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to dive in on the action Blue Moon made brighter. 21 years or older only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As always, please do drink responsibly as we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and always great to have Andrew Cayley aboard as been a great guest of a great night of guests tonight as all of them have fired on cylinders and that credit goes to my wonderful producer jason con i'm filling in for scott seidenberg tonight and every time i wind up filling in jason always has a locked and loaded guest list for me delivered once again tonight jason always does amazing work and speaking of doing amazing work we've got all these wonderful graphics on the screen that is thanks to andrew a man that Hails from the great state of Wisconsin, much like myself. We like Wisconsin guys when we're on the desk. So always a pleasure to be working with them. And then we always get set up with great high quality audio. And today that was courtesy of Nick. He typically is our technical director. He is actually pinch hitting. So always appreciate the work of these gentlemen behind the scenes. They are the best in the business. They are a reason why v is always operating at 100% without them. You wouldn't have a show right now. So now it's time for me to be able to deliver my end because the guys behind the scenes, they certainly have. We were talking a little bit earlier with Andrew about the Seattle Mariners versus New York Yankees game. This is 909-910 on the betting board with Domingo Armand going for the Yankees and Marco Gonzalez on the bump for Seattle. And with Seattle, 
Finding them an underdog anywhere between about a plus 160 to a plus 170 between minus 180 and minus 190 year price on the Yankees. And the big reason why I've got to disagree with Andrew on the over in this spot is because Julio Rodriguez, towards the back half of that series against the Houston Astros, he did wind up going down with a little bit of an injury. And the offense has really come and gone for the Seattle Mariners as Julio Rodriguez has. When he was struggling towards the first month of the season, which wasn't all his fault, if you take a look back at Julio Rodriguez's first month of the season, he got rung up on like just some cataclysmically bad strike three calls. Murphy's Law was really hitting him really badly, but that was a big reason for that. And ever since he was able to lock in, the team was really taking off. Him being out of the fold for the Seattle Mariners team, that is tough. He's been able to give the team 18 home runs. Top 10 guy in terms of stolen bases. He's now on the 10-day injured list. Not that it's necessarily the world's biggest loss, but Dylan Moore, he's currently on the 10-day injured list as well. And there's a chance that Mitch Haniger could wind up coming back for the team sometime during either this series or the next series. But even if he does, he certainly is not going to be firing all cylinders. As you take a look at things right now for the Seattle Mariners, you do have quite a few guys Hitting a 225 or lower for this team. Jesse Winker has been able to pick it up a little bit ever since the brawl that he wound up having against the Angels. He's up to a 226, but Lewis Torrance, Cal Raleigh, really the entirety of the catcher spot. Former rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis, Abraham Toro. All these guys are in that fold. Carlos Santana has been able to give the team a couple homers. He's also hitting a buck 75, so that's not necessarily too terrific. Now, you do have Ty France, and France is a guy that I like. 308 batting average, 380 on base. He's been able to deliver 13 home runs. And, and Eugenio Suarez, he's been able to give you a right around 330 on base. He's been able to pound out 16 home runs. But what is going to be critical for the Mariners is just continuing the absolutely dominant bullpen pitching that they've been able to get this season. Because I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a tough one for Marco Gonzalez. Gonzalez has seen a big fall in terms of his strikeouts, has always been a little bit more of a fly ball pitcher. And when Marco Gonzalez was really having success in 2020, he wound up having a walks per nine rate that was literally historically good. Now, that's because that was a COVID-shortened 2020 campaign, but he was able to do a nice job, not issuing a lot of free passes there. He's been giving out more like 2.8, 2.9-ish walks per nine innings thus far this season. So that has hurt him quite a bit. And as a result, right now you're seeing a guy with a 366 ERA, but it's fielding independent a little bit north of five with giving up nearly a home run and a half per nine innings. He gets fewer than five strikeouts per nine innings. And now you have to go up against Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, John Carlos Saint, and all these guys. And as a matter of fact, you've got Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo. They've got a combined 67 home runs this season. The Detroit Tigers as a team at 62. And for those that think that it's only the Yankees that are able to get home runs at home or you think that they only wind up getting their home runs at home. They've got a 4.8 home run percentage. So in 4.8% of their at-bats, they wind up getting a home run. This winds up going to 4.2 on the road. Their road home run percentage would match the home home run percentage of the next best team buying the New York Yankees. So they've really been able to do it home and road as well. Now with the Yankees, you do have a little bit of a fear with this bullpen as they have begun to regress a little bit because Dealing with an injury to Chad Green throughout much of the season. He wound up having Tommy John surgery, so he's not going to be coming back anytime soon. And by anytime soon, I mean 
probably 2023. Michael King is currently at the fold for the team as well. And you do take a look at the Yankees ever since June 17th. It's still been a relatively solid bullpen, but we've seen that ERA go to more like a 290. So that's been a little bit of an issue for the team. Meanwhile, the Seattle Mariners in the time span, 257 bullpen ERA, only team that has been better. That is the Baltimore Orioles, but we're starting to see a couple of cracks with regards to this bullpen as well. We've seen a guy, few guys wind up starting to regress a little bit as you knew that it wasn't going to be as bad for guys like Andres Munoz throwing their someone like a Diego Castillo like it was the first 45 days of the season where they had north of five ERAs. They also are not going to be able to sustain these sub two ERAs that they've had over the last, we're going to call it 35 or so days. Um, you sort of have a, it can't be this bad, but it also can't be this good sort of approach with them. With the Yankees on top of their deep balls, they also do a good job of being able to get on base. DJ LeMayu, he's been able to give you right around a 380 on base. Been a little bit tough for Rizzo along with John Carlos Santon, but you've been able to have some good production out of someone like Glaber Torres, who's been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers, sitting right around 265. I know Yankee fans do not like... That guy by the name of Aaron Hicks very much, but he's got like a 350 to a 360 on base for this team. So he's been able to move the line. And then Judge, who I mentioned earlier, got to be your odds on front runner to be able to win AL MVP at this point. 42 home runs. It has been a historic season for him. And when it comes to Domingo Armand, who's going to be getting the start for the New York Yankees, looks a little bit better in his last start, giving up two runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings against the New York Mets now. Furman certainly was a rough first outing for him. He winds up going up against the Houston Astros. He winds up giving up five runs over the course of three innings. But I mean, the Seattle Mariners know just how hard it is to play against the Houston Astros as well. So certainly one that winds up going both ways there. And for Domingo Armand, never has been a guy with like some crazy strikeout numbers or something like that. He, much like Marco Gonzalez, does wind up pitching to contact a little bit more. Last year, he wound up having right around nine strikeouts per nine innings. That's certainly what I think that you could expect here, but I do think that he's going to be able to rein it in a little bit more. Big key for Herman in his first two starts, three and a half walks per nine innings. Last two seasons in which he's been out there, wound up missing the 2020 campaign at more like two and a half walks per nine innings. So if he's able to get back to that form, and I do think that he's going to, going up against a little bit of a depleted Seattle Mariners lineup, he should be able to have some success. I'm looking at the Yankees on the run line. Do you think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game? You do have two very good bullpens at two teams that rank in the top eight in terms of bullpen ERA over the last 45 days going at it. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under to go along with this Yankees run line. Then we take a look at another team out there in the ALE. So this is 9-13, 9-14 on the board. The Baltimore Orioles are on the road facing off against the Texas Rangers as John Gray is going to be going for the Rangers and Spencer Watkins on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is finding themselves as a little bit of an underdog here. You're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 140 and plus 150 and with the Texas Rangers going to be getting them in between about a minus 165 to a minus 159 with a total of eight and I do think that this is a relatively solid total here. I did want to say my total at a 7.7. I'm going to be taking a look at an under, but when it comes to the Orioles, I needed at least a plus 147 to take a shot. We were seeing these numbers a little bit more heightened about 90 or so minutes ago, but here at right around about a plus 150-ish, I'm going to be willing to take a shot because you do have someone in Spencer Watkins that he has really been able to shape up ever since he was over there at the minor league level. He's been able to come back and has really been able to provide a sub-3-5 ERA for the team. Now, the one thing with the Baltimore Orioles is that what you really got to bank on for the team is the bullpen. It wound up failing them a little bit on Sunday against the Cincinnati Reds, but they got the top bullpen ERA over the last six weeks in the majors as you've got so many guys, Felix Bautista, you know, Perez, you're able to throw in there, Ori Lopez, 
Joey Kreeble. You've also got Keegan Aiken, who's a little bit more of a long guy, all posting up ERAs below a 255. And you just don't have that on the flip side for the Texas Rangers team. Ever since Joe Barlow has went down, it's been bad. Garrett Richards, along Dennis Santana. These two guys over the last 35 days have north of a 9 ERA. And for Dennis Santana, the last 30 days, a 15 ERA. It has been not great, to say the least. You do have Matt Moore, and you're able to throw in there Brock Burke. Both of these guys are able to provide a sub-2 ERA. But for John Gray, I always like to call him 55 Shades of John Gray since that's his jersey number. He's been able to do a good job being able to generate eight or 10 strikeouts per nine innings, sub-3-5 ERA. Home and road splits, he's been relatively consistent in both, not giving up a lot of the deep ball. But I do think that this is a Texas Rangers team that is going to be hurt a little bit by injury themselves as Corey Seager. He did wind up missing that series that the team wound up having out there in Los Angeles. And we're going to dive into the Baltimore Orioles and what they wind up having in terms of their lineup on the flip side. And then on top of that, in the final segment of the look at, going to give you guys my DK Nation pick on the diamond for Monday. So all that is going to be coming up in the final segment of the look at right here next on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Josh Applebaum and Jason Weingarten. Visit vcin.com slash podcast to start listening for free today. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out right now, and you're able to get a start on your football season on the right foot with expert profiles on all 131 teams, including trends, power ratings, and over under recommendations. Plus, We've got our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, playoff predictions, and so much more. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is by being a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Subscribe today via VEASAN.com slash subscribe and and sign up for VEASAN All Access to get everything that we offer for the entirety of the season. That includes our pro football betting guide. That is at VEASAN.com slash subscribe as it is the final segment of The Lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and... I believe that we're back to a little bit more normal when it comes to follow the money that's going to be coming up 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern. I know that Stormy Tony, Dave Ross, along with Sean King, all those guys did an amazing job filling in the last few weeks. Not easy to be able to fill the chair for those guys, and they did so all so well. But we're getting a little bit more regularity as football season. It is going to be here before we know it, and we've got to get you guys prepared for it. But... Before we wind up getting to football season, we've got some sweats to be had on the diamond. So let's pick up where we wind up leaving off in terms of the Orioles versus the Rangers. And then we'll dive into my DK Nation pick once we wind up polishing this one off. But when it comes to Orioles versus the Rangers, I am taking a look at the under because of the bullpens I wanted mentioning a little bit earlier. But when it comes to this Baltimore Orioles team, I do think that they've got a little bit of value with what you've been able to see out of this lineup. You don't necessarily have one guy that's gone out there and is one like Scorch Earth or anything like that. But Anthony Santander has been able to form himself into a very good bat for this team. Wound up going deep on Sunday as we will give the team 19 home runs overall this season. And you've got really good balance in the way that these guys wind up being able to get on base as you've got Santander in this fold along with many others like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, you're able to throw in there Ramon Urias, along with Ryan Mountcastle. All these guys hang between about a 255 to a 265, and then Trey Mancini is able to more in the neighborhood about a 270. Lots of rumors as to whether or not he's going to be traded. We shall see. Oriya Mateo has not necessarily been doing a ton for this lineup as he's only in a 211, but his 24th stolen basis, that's towards the top of the league. And then Adley Rushman, former number one pick of the... Oregon State Beavers, he has come up and he has looked very solid over the last three days. Hitting a 290 with a 425 on base. Power has not necessarily been there for him, but does a good job of being able to move the line. He is going to be a star in this game for a very long time, so very excited to see him. And I do think that the Orioles just have a little bit more in the bullpen, even though they are a little bit outgunned in terms of the starting pitching matchup. I do think that you've got good value here on the Orioles, getting between about a plus 150 or so. That's enough for me to be able to fire in on this one, and I do think that we're going to get ourselves a relatively low-scoring game. And this one's at my total at 7.7, so taking a look at the under as well. And then we go to my DK Nation pick. We want to missing it and our number two. Well, got another shot at it as we want to going 903-904 on the betting board, and probably want to dive in relatively quickly here because we've seen this line already move. As it is the Mets, they're on the road facing off against Washington Nationals. Patrick Corbin is going to be going for the Nationals, and Mad Max Scherzer is on the bump 
for the Mets and the Mets. They are finding themselves the biggest favorite as of right now on the betting board as you're able to get them in between about a minus 230, seeing as high as a minus 255 and between plus 215, seeing as high as plus 222 and 205, your price on the Washington Nationals. A lot of places still have a seven, but if you've got a seven, your juice on that over is going to be right around minus 125. And then we've seen a couple eights pop up where I'm at right now at Circa along DraftKings. Both have an eight up on this num- on this total end. When it comes to the total, even at an eight and a half, I'd be taking a look at the over, even though this has went from six cent- or seven and a half to eight in a few spots. I do think that you've got solid value on the over because Patrick Corbin is starting. And when Patrick Corbin starts, it does not wind up going well for our good friends of Washington Nationals. They are 4-17 and 17 in his 21 starts this season. And with those 17 losses, 15 of them have been by multiple runs in those 21 starts. In 18 of them, the opponent has scored at least four runs. And for Patrick Corbin, he is coming off of a start in which he allowed six runs and got two outs. And for the month of July, a 7.99 ERA. If you need to hear more about how bad Patrick Corbin is, well, we can go on all day as... You do have him giving up an opponent's batting average of a 324. He's allowed more than a home run and a half per nine innings. And it's just night and day as to what we've seen out of him. And then if you're wanting to take a look at the flip side with Max Scherzer, no doubt this guy has been very solid. And ever since he wanted coming off the injured list, he's made five starts. He's posted up a 136 ERA overall for the season. 11.4 strikeouts per nine innings. But in his first start in D.C. ever since he wanted getting traded from the Washington Nationals at the trade deadline last season, he did wind up allowing three runs over the course of six innings. So this was early on during the season. This was in the month of April, but certainly a Washington Nationals team that they know him very well. And typically when you wind up having these sorts of rematches where a starting pitcher winds up facing off against his old team, I typically find that the offense winds up having a little bit more of an advantage. I do think that that could be the case here. And for the Washington Nationals, for as many things as they've got going wrong for them and Boy, they've got a lot of things going wrong because if things were going well, we would not be hearing trade rumors about Juan Soto right now. But with that said, they have been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. you got guys like Michael Franco, Cesar, Cesar Hernandez. You're about throwing there. Juan Soto, I mentioned a little bit earlier. Kiber Ruiz, all these guys in between about a 230 to a 245. You only have, though, two guys that have been able to give this team a double-digit amount of formers. That would be Soto, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, and then Josh Bell. Bell has been able to hit 300 for this team. He's been able to pound out 13 home runs. Yadiel Hernandez, he's hitting a 275 for this bunch. So, do have quite a bit of firepower when it comes to this Washington Nationals team. Nationals, though, they're also in the bottom 10 when it comes to bullpen era. You've got guys like Victor Arano, Steve Ciszek, Andres Machado, all these guys posting up North Bay 3-5 ERA, and for the Nationals, it's been very interesting because they play in a hitter-friendly ballpark, and yet they're hitting right around about a 239 as a collective at home compared to a 255 on the road. I've always found that to be very intriguing. Meanwhile, their ERA, well, it's not necessarily so great at home, but you do take a look at the flip side for the Mets. And the bullpen has been dealing with a couple of ailments as well. Drew Smith, who wound up having a not-so-great month of July, he is out on the injured list. Guys like Joey Rodriguez have not been able to do the job now. Adam Adovino has been solved for this bullpen. Edwin Diaz, he's got that historic like 18 strikeouts per nine innings rate. He has been nothing short of magnificent for this Mets team, but certainly a bullpen that has had sort of their ups and their downs. So I do think that that is something to wind up factoring in. And for the New York Mets, you do have Pete Alonso currently leading the league in RBIs, 26 home runs. And this has been a Mets team that has been able to do a solid job to the over all season long. As a matter of fact, with the Mets, 
They are the second best team in the big leagues to the over. The only team that has been able to have a higher percentage of their games wind up going over the total. That would be the Cincinnati Reds. And you do have Starling Marte back in the fold as that is very big because it winds up turning some of those home runs that the Mets wind up getting into more like two or three run shots as Marte, he's been able to 300, has not been able to necessarily generate a lot of power, but that's not necessarily what you need him to do. You just see guys like he, Mark Canna, Brandon Nimmo, both of those guys in between about a 265 to a 275 to get on base to let him get driven in as after it was a bad year last year for Francisco Lindor. He has been able to provide 70 RBI for this New York Mets team and the Mets, they're currently 33 and 20 on the road. That's one of the best marks that you'll find out there in the big leagues. The Washington Nationals, 16 and 38 at home. That is the worst home winning percentage out there in the National League. They wind up having to unexpectedly put Eric Fetty on the injured list, which wound up throwing off their rotation a little bit as well. So you've got a whole lot of things that are not necessarily going great for the Washington Nationals. And oh, by the way, you're looking forward. You get to follow up Max Scherzer with good old Jacob DeGrom, who's going to make his season debut on Tuesday. So that'll just be a big, giant load of fun for our good friends, Washington Nationals. If you're looking at laying the run and F in a lot of spots, you're finding it in the neighborhood about a minus 140 to a minus 145. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 155 in the spot, so I see value there. But what my write-up is going to be based around, I don't want to give out anything overly joggy because, well, let's call it what it is. It's not necessarily going out there on a limb to pick Max Scherzer to pitch better than Patrick Corbin, but I do like this total over. I think that there's a possibility that you could see Patrick Corbin give up seven plus runs once again all by himself as he's given up at least four runs in each out of his last four starts. Just been not a quality go of it for our good friend Patrick Corbin to say the least. So my write-up is going to be based on the over and with the New York Mets, I think that they completely dominate this game. I'm going to be taking a look at the run line. Unfortunately, we currently got Two games are presently off the board. For those of you guys that are going to be looking for these, you can expect them to be up on the board probably in the neighborhood about if we wind up getting starting pitchers confirmed. And that's the big if because right now in Reds versus Marlins along with the Minnesota Twins versus the Detroit Tigers game, it is to be determined. It was looking like it was going to be Chris Archer for the Minnesota Twins, but that's very much in flux. And it does appear as though it's going to be Asus Cesardo for the Miami Marlins. This will be his first start in quite a while, but looks like he's going to come off the injured list. Looks like he's going to start for the Miami Marlins. And if that does wind up being the case and you wind up getting a confirmed starter overnight, he's will probably be up right around 4, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, Eastern time. That's more around 7 to 7.30. And if it does not wind up being confirmed overnight, well, whenever the heck they wind up confirming it on Monday, that's when you can expect that. But what you can expect here at VSIN is just nothing but the best content. We've got you guys covered for the upcoming football season, all throughout the baseball season. We've